Welcome to the Dental Business Podcast with your host and owner of multiple businesses, a mentor, investor, and dental surgeon, Brad Thornton. Hello again. This episode is to do with marketing. Now, marketing is a very complex topic. I say complex, there are a lot of different areas that you need to be looking at in terms of marketing. What this episode does is it just touches on a number of those, explains a few strategies, points out things that I think ideally most practices would be doing. Some of you will do some of these, some of you will do none of these, and some of you will do all of these. Now, for those of you that are are sort of hitting all of these, then, you know, well done, you're doing far better than the most practices and to be honest you're doing better than I uh, I am at my practice because we don't do all of these all of the time it can sometimes feel a little bit overwhelming to you know focus on all of these and you know you often do need to to bring in the the help of external agents and external agencies now I do believe that you have to have a grasp of this as a practice owner or a manager you know you need to really have a grasp of this yourself first so that you can bring in areas of weakness and and take care of things that you're happy to you know in areas of strength or areas that you find easier to do or understand more but the bottom line is it's such an important part of the business especially in the modern day and the way that we all as consumers have and what appears an infinite number of options so it's important to try and stand out a little bit Another thing I wanted to mention in this bit of an intro is I actually mentioned during this episode about a CRM, a Customer Relationship Manager, I think it stands for, but the CRM I mentioned is Infusionsoft as a way to help sort of manage prospective patients, existing patients, try and automate things. That's kind of what a CRM does. I mean, since the recording of this episode, I, I think I've changed my mind a little bit and there are better ones out there and um, the Infusionsoft platform, I think, is quite big. It's quite uh, complicated and maybe isn't necessarily that relevant or appropriate for the majority of dental practice. Like I said, there are other ones out there. You can use your existing dental software for, for that sort of thing. And there are dental-specific CRMs out there. Um, so that's an area that you know us as a practice, me as a principal... We're looking at and looking to develop a little bit more moving forward. But I just wanted to get that out there. So maybe strike that off when you listen to it. Or maybe don't. Maybe you have a look at it yourself and make your own mind up. Either way, enjoy the episode and I hope you find it useful. Hi, it's Brad here and welcome to the Dental Business Podcast. So today we're going to be looking at marketing. Now everyone will agree marketing you know, is a, is a massive, massive topic and can be split into you know a million different individual sort of heading sections you know there's all different kinds of platforms nowadays where you can do external marketing and there are experts on each of those so what I'm going to try and do is break things down into a few key areas and within those a few key points to look at to measure to work on you know whether you're a, a you know, practice owner and you're doing the marketing yourself whether you've got a marketing team within the business whether you've got a, whether you are a marketer for a dental practice or an employee working for a practice doing the marketing whether you're a practice manager 
or whether even as a practice owner you're using an agency you know these things are things that i think we all need to work on because they are important whether you're doing them or whether an agency is doing them because if an agency is doing it or you've got a staff member doing it you know you need to be able to hold them accountable for the actions and for the marketing that they're doing and you need to be aware of you know things that can be measured can be done so you ask the right questions so that you can hold any marketing accountable and you know marketing is one of these things where without it then you know you don't notice an immediate effect but with time new leads might dry up or you'll get a reduction in the amount of of new patient inquiries that you that you have marketing tends to be one of the first things people drop if revenue's down or if you're going through a bit of a harder time but really you should stay consistent with it and sometimes people will i mean i'm of the opinion that if you know the the finances are and maybe not quite on track or the business isn't doing quite as well, then if anything, you need to be ramping up the marketing budget. You need to be thinking counterintuitively so you can get that momentum back because the marketing will feed into the business and produce the the new patient inquiries needed to kind of get things get things going again. But marketing is also the one thing that if done incorrectly will burn up cash very, very quickly. It will affect your bottom line massively if it isn't converting, it isn't doing well. You know, that, that marketing budget will disappear very, very fast. Now, sometimes, you know, during some discussions I've had with, with colleagues and, and been to a few marketing events, you know, here and there, a question that came up at the last event that I went to, um, sort of a general marketing course, was was what do people think is more important within business? Is it marketing or is it sales? And there were quite a few good answers and, you know, quite a few people were saying, "Well, without sales, the business will dry up. You're not gonna, uh, you're not gonna be successful. You're not gonna succeed. You're not even gonna exist without the sale, without the customer purchasing a service, purchasing a product. Because without that, there's no revenue. But if you think about it another way, you know, if you are a fantastic salesman, but you've got no customers to sell to, then being a good salesman is pointless. Whereas if you are a good marketer and you market effectively." and you target effectively and engage and produce qualified, high-value, you know, good-quality leads, new patient inquiries, customers, clients, then you know, your sales process could be quite crap, really, because if you've done a good marketing campaign, the sales can often be the easiest bit because the person's already bought in, they've already, you know, mentally, they've already purchased from you. They already know they want you as their dentist. They want... You know, they're problem solved by you. They want you to carry out their treatment. You just need to make sure that you're telling them that you can do it. You're providing the the, the solution to that problem. So marketing is vital. Um, but what you've got to make sure is whenever you're marketing, that you're not marketing everything everywhere. You don't want to be carte blanche, throwing everything you've got into the community, online, offline, you know, bombarding every platform and telling everyone everything. You, you can't do that because... You need to make sure that you're targeting your ideal client, ideal patient. You want to know who that person is for that treatment. You want to create, as you say, an avatar. The the person who you feel, the patient you feel is your ideal patient for each treatment modality. Because within dentistry, we've got loads of different treatments. We've got a lot of things that we offer. 
and within each one of those services you've got a demographic that fits that service more than any other who takes that treatment up more than any other the good thing about our practices is that you know we can extract that information usually from the dental software so we can tend to do a scan that will give us an idea of who our usual Invisalign patient is, who our usual dental implant patient is. And that's the good initial way to, you know, help sort of, you know, manufacture or create that avatar that you can then, you know, transfer into your marketing campaign so that you try and target the ideal uh, patient you know, wherever they live on our offline and then target everywhere they go and speak in their language. Try to attract them to the practice for the treatment you feel best suits them. Now, there are two main areas where we market. Uh, you've got internal and external. So internal is going to be the, you know, the processes and systems that you have in place within the practice that will help you nurture, they'll help retain existing patients but they will also try and stimulate referrals from those uh, existing patients existing clients they'll try and stimulate referrals so they will then refer to you know a friend family member to your practice so that's one really important way of generating uh, new patient inquiries is through this referral so internal marketing is all to do with nurturing existing patients the retention of those patients and then getting them to refer new patients to you. So a few things that, that are important when it comes to internal marketing. Now, the first thing is really making sure that that you've got the right values, the right vision, mission, whatever you want to call it, you know, the right strategies in place that all team members are aware of. You want to be repeating the values of the practice, the vision um, in team meetings, in morning huddles or whatever to make sure that everyone's on the same page. Because if all members of staff understand the vision, and that might be you want to maintain, you want to make sure that you're giving a world-class service. You want every single patient to feel obliged to almost, you know, feel that it's essential that they tell a family member or a friend about how wonderful the dental experience was that, you know, that time, how brilliant the treatment was, how wonderful the dentist was, how fantastic the reception team were. You know, how nice the phone conversation was, the fact that they got, you know, flowers at the end of treatment or whatever. Um, I mean, we do send flowers, you know, but we'll send flowers if we find out somebody's ill, if someone's had, you know, something happen personally. We tend to send flowers. We send birthday cards as well. That works really well. But anyway, you want to be creating a system and uh, value ethos that, that all team members are on board with so that existing patients feel they can't do anything but recommend us to family and friend. Now, we're going to be doing that, but as well as that, an important second one is that we're actually asking for these referrals. Now, this has been such a difficult thing in my practice to get people to do because at first you feel as though, you know, you know, British mentality, you know, you can't do that, you know, it seems pushy, but it's too salesy. But the fact is that if you say it in the correct way, it doesn't. And I definitely notice from a personal point of view, when I ask for referrals, out of 10 referral cards I hand out and ask personally for a referral or a recommendation, 
a good you know three four of those will come back within a month or two now if you're doing that on a daily basis obviously make a note so you're not repeatedly asking the same person over and over again within a treatment you know within one treatment plan for referrals but if you do that then if you extrapolate that out with the number of patients you see with the percentage of recommendations that you'll get from doing that then before you know it you've built quite a substantial book based on the back of word of mouth recommendations the phrases that i personally use when i'm asking you know i'll at the end of treatment obviously make sure that everything's gone well because there are some patients that are very anxious very nervous and you know maybe the treatment wasn't you know they you know may have come out the back of that and maybe then isn't the right time to ask for that recommendation so Choose the patient wisely, but hopefully most patients will will have, will have had a good treatment. Um, so what I'll tend to do is I'll hand them the referral card. I'll make sure I tell them, one, that most patients or new patient inquiries come off the back of recommendations from other patients like yourself. And then make sure that you're telling them that you appreciate or you will appreciate if they do recommend you and then hand the referral card to them and ask them to, to make that recommendation to a family friend or, or somebody who, who uh, they feel could benefit from, from your service. Now, if you make sure that you're letting them know, you've qualified, first of all, saying that most new patient inquiries come up on recommendations so they understand why you're doing it, and then make sure you tell them that you appreciate the recommendation, they'll tend to find that a lot of people will actually recommend you. And sometimes as part of this conversation, you know, they're... they're you know, you can see in front of them, they're thinking, you know, they might say, oh, yeah, actually, you know what my cousin was thinking about? Uh, I was chatting to my cousin about a, a dental treatment. I know that a person at work needs it. They were mentioning, you know, they needed some dental work. So let me take three to work because I know there was a couple of people that, that I've been talking to recently. You can see the brain ticking over and you know that they're going to hand that to that person the next time they see them. Another way of, you know, incentivizing that might be referral incentives. It might be, you know, the person that refers gets a discount on their next treatment plan. It might be the referral. So the person who comes on that recommendation gets some form of discount. Um, we don't tend to do that. Um, but, you know, I've, I've heard that it works and it definitely is something it's worth exploring. It's worth testing, seeing if you notice a difference. I'd start with the simple asking of the referrals first. Once you get over that hurdle, then you can start testing and figuring out which works for you as your practice. A good thing is a newsletter. That's the next thing. You know, a newsletter is a way for you to, obviously, aside from anything, any social media activity, but a newsletter is one way of you expressing your personality to your existing patients. You want to make sure that it's more of that. It's more personality. You've got things in there that are quite fun, People talk about if you've got a hard copy newsletter, that's fantastic. It can be quite expensive though, sending that to patients, but it is a way of making sure that it hangs around at home, put something in there, such as a puzzle that makes sure people keep it for a bit longer. Really, that's going to be a certain demographic that you'll be targeting with that. Online newsletters are fine for most people. Um, and within that, usually, if you're doing it once a month, maybe put something that is a call to action. Maybe you have an offer in there that tries to generate a response from the newsletter um, to maybe it's an offer, maybe it's a discount, maybe it's in, in informing people of a, of a new service that you're providing. So the, you try and get a bit of value from that. I can't remember whether I mentioned this earlier, but the next one that we do is things like birthday cards, birthday text messages. With the modern dental software, it's really easy to 
find out whose birthday it is on that day, send out a text message. One thing that we tend to do is, you know, if you book a hygiene visit, you get a free pack of TPs. You know, it works quite well. You get a dif- decent amount of uptake. But, but the main thing is that people are uh, appreciative of the message. You know, you're saying happy birthday when it's their birthday. It's one of the best days of the year for some people. So if you give them a little happy birthday on that day, it doesn't cost very much. Uh, but the returns in terms of good goodwill and that nurturing of that existing patient, um, it is a very valuable thing to do. Same applies to anniversaries. You know, we send flowers to, for condolences. You know, we have patients sometimes if they're cancelled because they're real, we might send them some flowers. We had a lady of the week who it's a high value treatment. Her daughter rung because she was she had the flu. We sent her the flowers. She got them the next day. She was ringing up a few days later, wanting to book back in to make sure that she'd carry on the treatment. The first thing she said when she uh, rang up was, you know, thank you very much for the flowers. The first thing she mentioned to the reception when she got there was, thank you for the flowers. The first thing she mentioned to me when she came into surgery was, thank you for the flowers. So these things don't cost much, you know, the small gestures, but to that person, you know, it's, it's massively appreciated. And what's the first thing she's going to do? She's going to tell family and friends that she got a, a, you know, a bouquet of flowers from the dental practice. And then really one of the final things, you know, that we're looking for when we're doing internal marketing to do with sort of nurturing, a, you know, the existing customer base, the existing patient base is we want to be trying to, and I'm going to use terms that some people may not like, but we're going to want to be cross-selling and upselling the existing patient base. So if you've got regular dental patients, you want to be making sure they know about implants, about tooth whitening. They want, you want to make sure that, you know, if they've not seen the hygienist, we're getting them into the hygienist book. So we're getting, you know, added revenue from existing patients. You want to be making sure that the lifetime value of your existing patient base goes up. I think ours is about a thousand quid is our average lifetime value for, for a patient. So we, you know, try to make sure that new patients that come in who are only spending a couple of hundred quid a year on just normal routine dental treatment, we're doing what we can to inform them of other services we're making sure that they're aware of it so that if something crops up and you know if they're wearing dentures that we're informing them of implants etc so that's something that you need to be uh trying to do trying to tie them into monthly memberships can you do an annual membership plan annual payment plans um can you create products for your existing patient base to try and get people uh to commit to more regular payments which uh, is something that really does help cash flow, especially in private practice where, you know, you may have quieter times and busier times. Those membership plans can be quite good at just, you know, smoothing out those uh, cash flow peaks and troughs. So that's internal. You know, there's probably more that you can go into there, but with that, we've tried to cover tried to cover sort of things that I feel are, are important, things that are quite easy to implement and things that are quite important. Um, it all boils down to having good systems in place and making sure that all the team are on board. Everybody knows what these systems are and everybody's proactive and on board when it comes to implementing those systems. So the other thing was external. Um, again, this is a huge topic. I'll try not to dive too deep into this. I think we're going to be doing podcast episodes on specific areas of this further down the line, but you know, generally you want to be splitting external into two different parts. One is brand marketing, one is response-driven marketing. So 
So brand marketing is where you're sort of raising your brand recognition. You're making sure that uh, prospective patients, people who aren't existing customers or clients of the business of the practice know about you, are made aware of you. Um, or if they are aware of you, you know, you're telling them repeatedly or they're finding out through multiple sort of sources that that you're the practice for them, that, you know, when they think of dental treatment or a dentist, they think of your practice. Saying that, um, I think it's Dan, Dan Kennedy that says this, but, I, you know, I agree with, with this, that for brand marketing as a dental practice, when you do have a limited marketing budget, you really don't want to be paying for brand marketing. You, you want to be paying for marketing that brings something more tangible in, if possible. Now, that's easier if you're selling a product. We're selling a service, so um, it can be a little bit more difficult. But brand marketing, really, it's, it's things that you're not going to be paying for, So such as social media. You want to be making sure that you're making regular social media posts. You want to be consistent. One thing that I've noticed when I'm, you know, looking at other dental practices, social media is what you'll often find is every single post is a call to action. Every single post that goes out on their Facebook page is saying, why don't you book in with the hygienist for this? You know, why don't you come and see us for, for tooth whitening, a discount voucher for this and that? Every single post is is a call to action. And that is, is an, for an audience, that's just boring. What you want to make sure is that you're being consistent, but only about 5% of what you're posting is an actual call to action post. You want the majority to be of high value, uh, educational, you know, informative, engaging. You know, you want 10% of that. Uh, you know, you want about 80% to be that. You want about 10% to be personal. You know, you do want to show the soul of the practice. You want to show the personality of individual team members. Uh, you want to be a little bit more exposed and out there to make sure that people can see the personality because nowadays, especially higher value patients don't tend to buy into business. They're buying to personality. So you've got to show that. Um, and then a good way of, you know, keeping content fresh is doing is news jacking where you're and get you sort of, you're jumping on the back of local or local news, national news, trying to make it relevant to the practice and using that just to create content, you know, jumping on the back of of things that are going on in the in the world, um, which keeps the social media fresh, keeps it consistent, and enables you to just post a little bit more frequently. I mean, the one thing that you'll probably find is you probably don't post frequently enough. Um, some of the algorithms with the social medias nowadays, such as Facebook, you know, if you do post more frequently, you will get better organic reach. Um, I mean, the reality is that Facebook's algorithm really isn't promoting organic reach, especially on pages. So they do want you to pay for um, pay for ads to get the reach that you're really wanting. But if you're consistent, um, if you ramp up the the volume, if you get someone in the team to do that, if you can't find the time, um, that increase in volume will actually improve the organic reach generally. Um, it has to be good quant uh, quality, but quantity is definitely helpful. The other type, uh, also, sorry, um, in terms of brand marketing, so that's regular social media. Uh, make sure you're on all the platforms. You want to make sure that if someone Googles you, they, they find you on all platforms. If someone spends time on YouTube, uh, they can they can watch your content there on on Facebook, on on Twitter, on Instagram, all of that different uh, different platforms. 
uh, you've got to kind of get your content consistently out. Another good way is, is creating articles for, for newspapers, uh, build you know, local PR stuff, get yourself into the community, local charity work, all these different things, raise your awareness. Uh, are you on local Facebook groups, uh, community groups? There are uh, the community groups for, for our local area and, you know, get yourself out there, comment and post, you know, make sure that you're engaged within the community so people see your face, see the practice, see the business, recognise you. It's a really good way of uh, improving the sort of brand uh, marketing that doesn't cost anything. Now that brings us over onto more of the sort of response driven. Now by response driven, what we mean is you want to get a response from the marketing that you carry out. Now at the end of response driven marketing campaign is a payment. Now a bit further sort of back within that marketing campaign is a consultation. Now we're a consultation business, so you need to see a patient before they can can buy off you. So you know, the ideal outcome is that you've got a well-qualified lead who's paid a deposit and come in for a consultation. And because of the marketing campaign that you've done at the end of that consultation, you've got somebody who then becomes a paying customer. They become a patient. They buy into the treatment. They take the treatment plan up. Um, that's the journey that we're taking somebody on. Now, there are multiple responses. You know, it might be you want a, a Facebook like. It might be that you want, you know, an email contact information. Um, but in essence, we need somebody to be in the surgery, in the practice, in that chair, um, wanting a dental problem solving, there for a consultation and where the person to solve it for them. Now, there are different ways in which we can try and stimulate that response. Now, there are lead generation ways where really what we're trying to do is we're trying to stimulate somebody or we're trying to get someone to put their hand up and say, you know what, I think I'm interested in that and give us their contact information that we can then use to contact them to try and get them in for a consultation. Now, from my experience, what you need to make sure is that you don't go straight from lead generation straight into consultation. So you're you're not putting something in front of somebody, whether it's offline or online, that is saying, um, we'll talk online mainly because that's more relevant. But you know, if you do a Facebook ad that is an engaging ad, you know, really get someone interested. You know, Invisalign, 25% off, book now for consultation, click. You will get so much wastage because people are engaged initially. Click, click. You can two clicks and they've given you their email address, their phone number. But that's not really qualified lead because you've not created value. You've just created an offer, a quick lead magnet, something that's drawn their attention. But what you need to be doing is you need to be getting the hand raised. You then need to be creating value so that that person not only thinks, oh, I might be interested in that, they actually then get that reaffirmed and you then reinforce the idea that they're interested. You remind them that you're the place for them. In order to do that, you need to make sure that you've got a good system in place. Again, it comes down to system. Um, you want to be, as I've spoke about before, marketing to the right person. You need to work on the targeting that you've got. You need to be using the different platforms. You want to be using Facebook, Instagram, you know, Spotify ads. So you can, you know, the new Spotify ad sort of um, algorithm that, that, that's been that's been done where you can target a radius around the, the, the practice. And what you want to be doing is you want to be making sure that you're segmenting your audience and you want to be speaking to them individually where they are and creating value, solving their problems, creating 
and and adding value, creating free content for them to digest in their own time, and then allowing them to take a journey that leads to a consultation. You want to be making sure that you're solving their problem first. One way that we found really useful is to create free guides. You know, a free guide to I don't know loose dentures, uh, a free guide to veneers, something that makes someone go, you know what, I think I'm interested in that. They provide information to us for that guide that they can digest in their own time. But then off the back of that, we then put them into our system that leads them down a journey that inevitably results in them uh, booking a consultation. One thing that I've mentioned a couple of times with both internal and external, by the way, external is far bigger than that. And you can go into Facebook ads, you can go into how you develop your Instagram account, you can go into email marketing using your email database. These are all massive topics. Um, but the key things really for external is making sure that you're targeting correctly, you're targeting the right people at the right place in the right language, you're creating value, you're creating a, a magnet to draw them in. And from there, you're making sure that they take a journey that leads to consultation. Don't throw the consultation too soon. You know, people aren't stupid. They know that at the end of this is going to be a sale made. So you need to create value before that. So they're happy to pay and purchase at the end of the journey. But the system, you know, you might be looking at a CRM system. Now the dental man of uh, the dental uh, software systems that we have in, in place are quite good, but something like Infusionsoft, which is a bit bigger, you might find more helpful, may, may, may tick more boxes if you use it well. It is quite a big system, takes quite a bit to learn, quite a bit to understand and then utilise effectively. But it is good to put in place and, and start to utilise. So Infusionsoft is a good way to, to go, in my opinion. It's really, really important that things are measured. You know, you can't master what you don't measure. You need to, you need to measure the return on the investment. You need to make sure that you know what revenue comes in off the back of the pounds spent on marketing. So you need to make sure that you hold your marketing accountable and you test, you split test, you do things slightly different, tweak the ad, copy, so that you can make sure that you're evolving, that you're making things more efficient, more effective. And that will lead to highly effective engaging marketing. And the big thing as well is make sure you follow up. You know, this system that's put in place is to ensure that nobody's forgot that you you follow things up, you set a system, a timeline in place so that, you know, you know, if a new patient inquiry comes in or an existing patient comes in, that you are nurturing these leads because these are our business. You can't rely on one source of of new patient inquiries anymore because if one dries up then and you've only got one marketing stream or one new patient inquiry. If you've only got one place that you get your new patient inquiries from and that dries up and you don't have any others to fall back on, then you're going to seriously feel the feel the pinch of that uh, once the momentum starts to starts to slow down. Okay, well, hopefully we've covered enough to you know provide an insight into marketing generally. Like I said, we'll go into things in more detail in, in future episodes. Hopefully someone's found that helpful and things that people can implement themselves or make sure that they're asking a few more questions if they're working with agencies, making sure that members of the team are doing things uh, and definitely, definitely hold things accountable because you can set a budget and before you know it, it's disappeared. If you don't know what's coming off the back of that marketing budget, you'll burn the budget out very, very quickly. So make sure you measure, make sure you have systems in place, make sure your team are on board, make sure you're effective with your targeting, create avatars so you know 
who your ideal patient is for certain treatments. So your external marketing is going to the right place for the right patient at the right time, speaking the right language. And then that's marketing. So if you want to reach out online, I'm, I'm building a social media, uh, an online community on Facebook, the Dental Business Collective. So give us a like, drop us a message, you know, let's engage in some conversation. And if anybody's got any questions, you know, I'm on there every day. We've got a good conversations happening. Hopefully everyone's getting value from that. Uh, so give us a like on Facebook, Dental Business Collective. And uh, that was Brad Thornton from the Dental Business Podcast. Mm-hmm.